Awesome. Well, the series for February is about freedom. I couldn't believe it. This, uh, sometimes I'm always amazed that the set list goes so much in sync with our messages. I don't tell them what I'm preaching about, but the first two songs were really about, um, well, that first one, Freedom, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'm like, this is our theme. So this is going to be uh, what we talk about in the month of February. I pray freedom over your life, over this church. I pray freedom over the marriages, which is why we're having this conference coming up. I pray freedom over your soul. We have some freedom life groups that are starting this semester. Uh, this week, actually, we have a few life groups that are centered on freedom. We've got one that's based on uh, finding recovery from addictions. Um, we are investing in your freedom through our life groups. We've got one about financial freedom, financial peace. We're starting that this week as well. So we've got life groups that really do uh, promote freedom. It's really all about freedom this month. I mean, honestly, regardless of your race, even Black History Month, it celebrates freedom. It celebrates overcoming all types of obstacles. And, and despite, despite the resistance, despite the odds, living free and, and finding success and, and getting ahead. So I think all of us today should just bask in the name and the word freedom because God has called us to that. He's called us to that, and he's paid the price for it with his blood. So it's just a free month. Freedom month is what we're doing. Um, I'm going to talk about freedom from a standpoint that might be different than how you've heard it in church. Many people in uh, church, including myself, have preached freedom with a strong emphasis oftentimes on the things that you've been set free from. And there's a time and place to address the things that you need to be free from. But I've noticed that when you emphasize the past in pursuit of freedom, you find yourself being anchored in uh, what you've done in the past. And there's a, there's a downward gravity oftentimes when you approach freedom with such an emphasis on what you've been set free from. And I really want to shift it this month and talk about what we've been set free for. I want to uproot the anchor from your past and throw that anchor into your future so that you will see your freedom um, more as a green light into all that God has for you in your future instead of an escape from your past. I think if you see it as escaping from your past, it always seems to be lurking behind you, and you're always looking back while you're running. And I, I, wanna, I don't want us to run forward looking back. I want us to run forward looking forward. And there's a lot for us to enjoy. There's a lot for us to conquer. And I'm going to read a scripture that's going to really uh, sum up what I'm trying to say today, and that's in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So we're focusing our attention on what is before us, what is ahead of us, what is in our future. I want to cover five things today that you might not know. Five things that you might not know. 
The first one is in Christ, you were born into a race. And I'll just tell you right now, I'm not talking about the color of your skin. I'm not talking about your ethnicity or your culture. I'm not even talking about your personality type. I'm talking about um, a very specific definition of race. I'm also not talking about the competition race that you would do in track and field where there's a, where there's a winner and there's a first place and there's a second place. Um, the definition of race that I'm talking about in this context is found in Webster. And it says, a person's progression through life or through a period in life. Everyone here is on a progression through life. We all have a start and we all have a finish. Now, some would argue that your start was when you were born. I believe scripture can also support that your start isn't until you are born again, until you meet Jesus. I think there's lots of scripture that supports that your life doesn't even start until you say yes to the Lord. Scripture says we were actually dead before we say yes to the Lord Jesus. So regardless of how you see your start, what's the most important is how you finish. The finish is always more important than the start. And as a human being, we have one, or, one of two options for a finish. It's either a finish that is in defeat, in darkness, in despair, also known as hell. And then there is a finish that is free and joyful and full of bliss and peace with God, and this is heaven. And Jesus came to change your ending. He wants all of us to have an end race where we are at peace with the Lord, free with Jesus, in paradise with him. All of us were born into this race when you said yes to the Lord. Your race is now happening. And the duration of your race is different. It depends on how long your time on earth is. And none of us know how long our race is. Some of us will have a race that goes for decades. Some of us might not. Um, probably one of the most famous short races in Scripture was the thief on the cross next to Jesus. And he said yes to Jesus and had an encounter with the Lord. And in his last few breaths, Jesus guaranteed him a spot in paradise, and then he died. You know, um, some people have that experience. Most of us don't. Most of us, after we have our experience with Jesus and once we choose to say yes to Jesus, we have years and often decades of life and of a race, which is why the scripture says many of us need endurance for our race. The thief on the cross didn't need much endurance. He didn't have to put on the armor of God. He didn't have to acquire the gifts of the Spirit for his ministry because he had a very short race. But most of us in this room have a race that will require endurance. Um, it's important for us to know that we are in a race and that our finish matters and our finish hasn't happened yet, right? So you should live your life like there is a limited time on your life. Um, and we also don't know when the end is. It could be today, God forbid. It could be 40 years from now. Um, but we all have an end. And it's very important for us to understand that you have been born into this progression, this limited time um, with a start and with a finish. Number two, the second thing is in Christ you were born into a ministry. 
This is something else that a lot of people don't know and don't realize. When you said yes to the Lord, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 19, ends with saying you were entrusted the ministry of reconciliation, which means as the Lord reconciled you back to God the Father, he then gave you a responsibility along with that reconciliation to reconcile others to God. And again, many of you guys um, haven't been taught that. You didn't know that. But with your salvation came a ministry. Paul says that Christ actually is making his appeal through your life. So your life is basically an appeal from God to the people that you know in your life to come to him. And we should live our lives with that knowledge that when we were born again, we were entrusted a precious ministry so that through our lives, other people can be reconciled to God. Um, it's sobering, but it's honoring, it's exciting, and it's true. It's true. Number three, in Christ, you were born into a battle. This is something else that a lot of people don't know. They get saved, and they're forgiven of their sins, and they're jumping up and down, and then they get shot out of nowhere and don't know what just happened. And, and, and if you don't understand that you are now in a war zone, you can really be scared. And a lot of people are confused. There's been people who've been deceived to thinking that their salvation didn't work and maybe God didn't really change them because they weren't anticipating this new uh, opposition against their life. When you are born again, you are now in the kingdom of light. You are now in the kingdom of God. And there is a kingdom of darkness, which number one agenda is to limit and hinder the success of the kingdom of God, which means you. So you now have a target on your back. And I tell you this not to scare you, but for us to be aware. We should never be paranoid, but we should always be aware so that when these attacks come and we find ourselves confused in our mind or down in our soul or tempted in these crazy ways, we don't think that something strange is going on. It's important for us to understand that when you came to Christ, you were born into a battle. You now have an enemy and you have a target on your back. And it's important for us to be alert to this. First Peter chapter 5. Verse 8 through 9 says, stay alert with an exclamation point at the end. It didn't say stay paranoid, but it said stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So it says stand firm against him. And be strong in your faith. And I love this part. It says, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. And I want to bring that up because one of, the enemy one of the enemy's tactics is to make you feel like you're the only one. And everybody else is just living this peaceful, resistance-free life, and you're the only one struggling over here. And that's not true. First uh, Peter says, the whole family of believers are suffering through the same thing. And that's why I love church, because we get to be around people who are in the same fight that we are in, who can go, I know what you mean. I was going through the same thing last Saturday. And, we, and, it, and when you realize that you're in a good company, it's 
harder for the enemy to isolate you and to make you feel like you're just the runt of the litter and that there's something wrong with you and everybody else is okay, which is another reason why I'm a strong believer in life groups, because it reminds you that you're not the only one and we're all in this race, we're all in this ministry, and we're all in this battle together. Number four, in Christ, you were born or you are born into a promise. Now, this is the fun stuff. This is the fun things. Many people don't understand that when you come to Christ, you were born into a storage of inheritance, um, of things that have been stored. God, since the Old Testament, has been making covenants with righteous people on earth. And these promises have been building on each other from Genesis to Exodus to Leviticus all the way through the Old Testament to the New Testament. And this huge storage of promises that God has for righteous people were made available to us when we received Jesus. Jesus opened the door to us to a drove, an almost endless list of promises that have been purchased for us by the blood of Jesus. And the tragedy of not knowing this is we have a church full of people who are not redeeming the promises that they have in their name, they have access to. You have so many things, and the reasons why is many of us are not just reading our Bible enough and looking for the promises, um, because the thing about this you need to understand about God's promises is Jesus has committed to pay for those promises, but he doesn't get the promises for you. Almost like a gift card. I can pay for your Starbucks gift card, but you actually have to drive to Starbucks and redeem that gift card to get the stuff that's on the card. Jesus purchased every promise in Scripture, but it's our responsibility to go and redeem it. And many of us are not understanding that that's our role. We're like, Lord, bless me. He goes, I did. <laughs> like, you have to go and claim it for your life. I, I, I purchased it for you. I purchased the promise, but, it, but the tenacity and the faith and the drive to get it, that's on you. And, and not, not enough of us, I believe, have that drive to actually uncover, almost like a scavenger hunt, actually looking for the promises and, and finding what is in Scripture. There's actually a book that we got in our life group years ago that lists all of the promises in Scripture that belong to those who are in Christ. And, I mean, these days you can even Google it. Like, what does Scripture say belongs to me because I know Jesus? What promises are for me because I'm in Christ? And you will see all types of scriptures that are promises that have been made available to you, and it gives you the knowledge and then hopefully the fire to start redeeming and claiming these things that have already been paid for. It's not even troubling God. He already paid for it. He already made it available. The only job for many of us is to actually just go out and reach it and to obtain the promises that God has for us. Many of us don't know this. First Peter chapter 1. Verse 4 says, by which he, talking about God, has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Not just good promises, not just great promises. This says very great promises. So that through them, through these promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. You have blessings, you have giftings, you have benefits 
during this journey. And depending on how you run this race is how many of these blessings, is how many of these blessings you can enjoy. The ball is really in your court. A lot of us are really shortchanging our salvation. Like, yes, you get to go to heaven, but there is so much more than just heaven that you have been given. And heaven is great, but what about life on earth? We have, many of us have 40, 50, 60 years, 90 years to be here. Like, we've, the Lord has promises that are actually for this time. But if you don't know that they're there, then you won't be able to enjoy them. Or secondly, you know them, but you don't believe that they're for you, which is where that battle comes in. The enemy's always trying to make you second guess that God is as good as he actually is and that you're as blessed as you actually are. That's an attack. If you struggle with believing that God has good things for you, I can tell you right now, that's an attack from the enemy. That is not your personality. That is not just the way you are. You are under attack, brother. You are under attack, sister. You need to understand that that thing can be rebuked from your life so that you can stop doubting the goodness of God and doubting his love for you and doubting the incredible election that you've been given because of your choice to follow Jesus. So, therefore, this is why I wanted to teach freedom differently. Because Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, lay aside every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What Hebrews is saying is since we've been born into this race, since we have been born into this ministry, since we have been born into this battle, since we have been born into some rich promises, Let's remove the unnecessary weights that are weighing us down and hindering our ability to, to seize all that God has for us in the future. Let's, let's, let's lay aside the weights that are, that are hindering us and breaking our stride to where we're not able to get as much done and achieve and accomplish and experience and enjoy as much as God has for us. Because we have a limited amount of time. And I don't know about you, but I can get from here to there a lot faster without 50 pounds or 200 pounds on my back than I can if I had 200 pounds on my back. If I had six backpacks full, it would take me a lot longer and it would be a lot harder for me to get from here to the street. But if I was light and didn't have those backpacks on, I would have so much more agility. I would have so much more enjoyment and ease, by the way. Trust me, the road of salvation is hard enough. Please get rid of the unnecessary difficulties. <laughs> Trust me. Some of us are carrying unnecessary burdens. So scripture says lay aside that stuff because it's only slowing you up and it's making you enjoy your life a lot less than you could be. And then it says lay aside every weight and every sin. And the reason why is because the sin is like a snare. Imagine running and your foot gets caught in like a booby trap or, or, or a, a sharp, you know, claw type snare. You get stuck. And many of us have all of these promises that God has for us, but you're stuck because you're, that sin is still in your life. And you're, 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 you're ensnared. The Bible says that sin ensnares us with ease, which means it doesn't take long. 
for sin to start to ensnare you. So the Lord goes, I've got too much. We've got this amazing race ahead of you. Let's get off these things. Let's, let's remove these weights and these sins so that we can enjoy this race, so that we can fulfill this ministry, so that we can conquer in this battle, and so that we can enjoy these promises that have been purchased for us through Jesus Christ. The last thing I want to share is number five. The fifth thing that you might not know is that in Christ, you are born into a family. You are born into a family, and that's what I want to emphasize today. We had baptism, water baptisms last week, and uh, it was wonderful. And when you are baptized, you're actually being baptized into the body of Christ, which is why we love doing it with others, because you're showing that now you have been baptized into this family. You are now a part of the family of God. Fellow people who are on this race, fellow people who have this responsibility to reconcile others to the Lord, fellow people who, who are fighting this intense battle that, that is happening all around us and in us, fellow people who have the same promises on their life that you do. This is the beauty of church. This is the beauty of the body of Christ. We are a family. And I really want us to understand, especially as we go into this new year and the rest of the year, I should say, and, and start this life group semester, don't, be, don't underestimate the power of the people in your church. Um, a lot of us... Remember that story where Jesus said, you fed me and you clothed me, and they're like, when did I do that? I never met you before. He goes, you did it when you did it to that person. That's almost the same thing I think a lot of us wrestle with. We underestimate the supernatural significance of the people in our lives. Um, yes, God is your source. Yes, God is your God. Yes, God is your Lord. But your Lord chooses out of his own pleasure and his own prerogative to use people to do his work in your life. And I've seen so many people out of just error miss out on what God is doing in their life because they're like, it's not going to be through a person, it's going to be through God. And God goes, I sent the person. And, and many of us are living subpar lives, not because we don't believe in God, but we don't still believe how much that he wants to use the people that are right next to you. And God is sending people your way, and you go, no thanks, I'm waiting on God. And God's like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I thought about... Uh, he doesn't say, oh, my Lord. He is Lord. Oh, me. Oh, me. Um, um, I thought about Apostle Paul. When Apostle Paul had his incredible Damascus experience, right, this light, you saw Jesus. Oh, my gosh, this revelation. He gets saved, and he gets this calling, and then he goes blind. Now, absolutely, God has the power to go, poof, you can see now. But God chose for a mortal man named Ananias to find Paul 
and to lay hands on Paul. And it was only through the hand of Ananias that God's power healed him of his blindness. And I just think we as the body of Christ need to wake up to this. I believe that our room is a lot more interwoven with God than we realize. And I'm not saying that anybody here is God, but I am saying that God has ordained and is using the people in this room to administer his blessings and his healing in your life. I actually think there is an a amount and a percentage of blessings that he has for you that are reserved to only happen by the hand of another person. I believe that the Lord actually has blessings that he has reserved to happen through that sister or that brother or that leader or that friend. And we have to make sure that we are open to that. Um, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 says, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. A lot of times we read, submit yourself to one another, our defenses immediately go up. I'm not submitting to nobody. I only submit to God. I don't know you. I don't know where you come from. But, but the second part of this is what really ties it together. Submit yourselves to one another in the fear of God, basically in the awareness that God could be using you right now. Submit yourselves to one another in the fear of the Lord, which means God is trying to speak to me. He's trying to minister to me. He's trying to bless me through these people. So let me link up. Let me make sure I'm submitting to people, not just as mere mortals, but as people who God has called to my life. It changes it completely. When you see someone as someone who God has sent to your life, you will treat them differently than if you think they're just some random dude or random girl. But if you see them as the girl that's not random, that was actually ordained and sent to God, sent by God for you, you will treat that relationship a lot differently. So I believe that we are a family, we are a spiritual family, and it's important that we submit to each other and submit to these relationships with an understanding that God is using all of us in special ways to do his work in and through your life. So the five things that you might not know is that in Christ you were born into a race, you were born into a ministry, you were born into a battle, you were born into a promise, you are born into a family. And because of these things, let's lay aside the weights. Let's lay aside the sin. Because it's only hindering you from the beauty that's ahead. I think some of you all need to be reminded that you have a bright future. And I'm not talking just to the young people. I'm talking to whatever age you are. Your future is surprisingly bright. Like, I'm even speaking to the ones of y'all who know that your future is bright. It's brighter than that. It's brighter than you think. And I want to emphasize that. And I want to I want, I impart vision for your future because you will look at, when you approach freedom in context to the glorious future that you don't want to miss out on, 
freedom is seen as a green light to start obtaining and and enjoying and conquering all that God has called for you to do. Um, God's grace is very present and very powerful in your life. And he has the power and he has the ability to help you get over anything that is robbing you and hindering you and delaying you of the incredible future that the Lord has purchased for you through Jesus. Um, I'm going to ask us to pray. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to give people opportunity to say yes to this Jesus so your race can start, and you can join us in this this ministry, this battle, uh, these promises that we're all searching and, and obtaining for and then our family the family of God brothers and sisters in Christ full of the spirit this life can be yours and the way to receive this life is by receiving the life and that is Jesus uh, let me pray father thank you again for today thank you for your presence thank you for your word thank you for our future Lord thank you for this race that we're on thank you for this ministry that we've been given. Lord, thank you for this battle that we've been enlisted in. Lord, thank you for uh, these promises that have our name on them. Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for this family that you have provided for us, brothers and sisters in the spirit and fathers and mothers in the spirit and sons and daughters in the spirit, God. I pray that we would walk and experience the grand, glorious future that you have given us access to. Lord, I pray, Lord, that there will become a a hunger and a tenacity and a, a fire and a drive to move forward with you, Jesus. Lord, any of us who might have been, we might be stuck because of a, a sin that, that we just haven't let go of, Lord, Let us lay aside that sin today. Let us realize it's not worth it. It's not worth forfeiting the future that you have made available to us, that you're inviting us to. Lord, for those of us who have unnecessary burdens that they're putting on themselves, Lord, I pray, Lord, they would find the courage to lay aside those weights. because you've got something great for them. And those weights aren't worth it. God, Holy Spirit, reveal to each person if there is any weight or any sins that they need to lay aside. Lord, you want to do a lot in 2023 for us on an individual level and as a church, God. And I just want to see us running with a swiftness, with a lightness, with a, with a sharpness, with a freedom. We thank you for freedom and we receive your freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask us all to stand and I want to give everyone an opportunity to, to join this life, this life that 
gives you a hope and a future that you would have never had, that gives you a destination in paradise with God the Father, that gives you a purpose, an adventure in this life. Right here on earth, you will be born into the greatest adventure that you could ever imagine following Jesus. And it's transformative, and it's beautiful, it's dynamic, it's fun, it's hard, but it's worth it. It really is. So if you want to join life with God, repeat these words after me, and I believe Jesus will come into your heart. You'll be born again, and you will experience this race, this ministry, this battle, these promises, and this family. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's all give God some thanks and praise. His mercy is alive. His grace is amazing. If you said yes to the Lord, we want to connect with you. We've got a few ways you can do it. We've got a prayer team that's going to be right here to pray for you. If you need any prayer for anything, we want to support you. We're here to serve you. God loves you and we love you. So don't be shy. We're here to pray. Um, if you also want to connect with us online, you can text the word belong to 77411. And it doesn't mean that you're joining our church necessarily. It just means you're connecting with another believer. We want to congratulate you. We've got some uh, resources we can share with you, um, some scriptures and things that I think will help you feel supported. So you can text that number for all of that. And then we've got next steps today. After the second service, I'm leading next steps. It's step one. We're sharing about the vision of the church, about what we got going on, and it can give you an opportunity to decide if this is where you want to be involved or not. Um, but I'll be there. I would love to meet you. And uh, I'm just going to dismiss us in prayer. Thanks again for coming. And uh, here we go. Say, uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for uh, this amazing group of people. God, I pray your blessing over them. I pray your protection over them. I pray your spirit to continue to minister to their hearts and guard their minds as they grow and move forward in their race. Lord, and in Jesus' name, I pray all these things. Amen. Amen. I'll see you guys soon.